Why? Because? Greetings, listeners, Domestic International and Nomadic Carnival folk. I'm Dave Reed. And I'm Kristen Riley. And this is The Rotating Cast Files. Where we watch and discuss those television shows that were canceled too soon. Today we are talking about Carnival, Season 1, Episode 3, Tipton. It originally aired September 28th, back in Aught 3. The teleplay was by Henry Brommel and Daniel Knopf. The story by Henry Brommel, directed by Rodrigo Garcia. When the authority of the cash-poor town of Tipton refuses to let the carnival set up, Samson takes Jonesy's advice and temporarily reinvents the troupe as a religious revival show, with Ben as the headliner. Justin is headlining his own new show at the former Chins, promising to bring old-time religion to migrants, a move that upsets his regular congregation and the wealthier folks of the area. Back in Tipton, Ben and Sophie visit an ailing woman outside of town in search of clues about Ben's history. Except it's not really Ben's history. No, it's kind of his... His dad's lineage. History. Yeah, it's like, lineage. <laughs> it's his lineage. All right, clues about Ben's lineage. Sure. More stuff he can lie about. <laughs> we have a lot of people guest-starring and co-starring. Someone that we have seen previously... Amanda Aday as Dora Mae Dreyfus. You may have seen her in the 2006 joint Pledge This, starring Paris Hilton. Wow. At least that movie had one actor in it. <laughs> yes. She's also done some stuff on TV like My Name is Earl, ER. There's a lot of one-offs. This is what she's most known for. We have Glenn Shaddix as Val Templeton. Susan Walters as young Becca Donovan, John Savage as Henry Hack Scudder, and Deborah Strang as Becca Donovan. Old Becca Donovan? <laughs> Just the mostly Becca Donovan. Previously on Carnival, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. You have a great talent. Healed! Ben's mom? Kaboom! I want chins! Face your sin! Welcome to our new temple. You're the one. Mama? Wow. We should head south. Hack scutter. Crack of dawn, children. Wow. All of that stuff happened. All right. Carnival shows up in Tipton as a funeral is in progress. Most of the mourners turn away from the coffin and watch the carnival come into town. One fancy guy seems pretty pissed. Yes, this opening scene is really good surprise surprise right well done just the i think it's the music most of all mm. it's not shot slow motion it looks like there's a couple frames missing ah it's like it's shot in low frame rate not necessarily slow motion i can see that yeah and then the music is just haunting yes the carnival is setting up as samson reads off a list for purchases in town to jonesy and his crew or people following him. Samson tells Hawkins to go with Jonesy. Jonesy says he's never worked this town. They used to have a regular circuit until Hawkins showed up, which doesn't make sense yet. Mm -hmm. Jonesy, when Samson first says go with him, Jonesy looks angry. Yeah. He does not like Ben because Sophie went and talked to him. Mm. This he... man needs to get over Sophie like... Four years ago. Oh, yeah. Or before it started. Before, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Before it started. He needed to be like, I'm having these feelings. Nope. Nope. Shove it down. <laughs> <laughs> and then it takes Ben a little too long to figure out what's going on. He does not understand. And Jonesy the whole time is basically like, you, 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 you screwed this up. Everything is your fault. You are bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just like, don't y'all have a circuit? God damn it. <laughs> Samson um, has the carnival setting up. The angry-faced man from earlier comes over. We find out that he is Lyle Donovan, Tipton's sheriff. Samson and Lyle shoot the shit for a bit because they know each other from a different town. But Lyle sucks and tells Samson he's not going to allow the carnival. Quote, because the town is too poor. Unquote. Okay, so that was a paraphrase. It wasn't actually the line, <laughs> but it was <laughs> basically what he's saying. And I don't want my people shook down. 
The two have known each other for a long time from somewhere. I can't remember which town they referenced. Sure. But, okay. But Lyle has come to this town because his because of his ailing mother. And then two years ago, he got elected as sheriff. And the other guy ran off with a pistol and some stuff. Four pistols and a Thompson gun. Okay. I remember he referenced the Thompson gun. And he says, I'm going to catch him. Sure would like that Thompson gun back. He's never going to catch him. It's The guy's got a two-year head start. Couldn't have gotten far. It's the 1930s. <laughs> he's two towns over. He probably is. Yeah. And he's Doesn't fine. need to go far. He's very fine. Oh, Donovan doesn't want, yeah, like you said, Donovan doesn't want his people cheated out of what little money they have. Counterpoint, paying for entertainment is not the same thing as being cheated, you moron. Samson is very offended by Shookdown and says, we run a clean operation. Lyle has worked with these guys before. Says, I know what kind of operation you run. Yes, and I have a theory. Yours is going to be better than mine, so I'll go first. (laughs) Okay. Carnivals aren't clean operations. Carnivals scam people out of their money. And when the town is too poor, this guy, this sheriff, is actually doing what a sheriff should do and look out for his constituents. Eh. It's a fantasy world. That can happen. What's actually happened. Okay. (laughs) Is that years ago, when the carnival was in Troy, Uh Lyle visited the Cooch Show. Okay. And got all cartoon hard eyes. For Rita Sue. For Rita Sue. But then didn't have the money to become a John. Oh, man. And she was real sweet about it, but that doesn't pay the bills. Mm. So she nicely turned him away, and he's been heartbroken ever since. That's a sad story. It is a sad story. It's the true story. Oh, wow. (laughs) I found the hidden commentary track. I see, yeah. (laughs) Say I I didn't catch that behind-the-scenes feature. (laughs) In town... It's obvious how bad off the town is. It is really, really bad, unsurprisingly. We are in the Great Depression. But they do a really good job of showing it. There's hardly any food. Jonesy goes to what would be basically the the market. And the guy's like, no, we don't have that. We don't have that. Jonesy asks for water. There's no water. Even the cows are dehydrated. There's no milk because the cows are dehydrated. That's what it is. Jonesy goes, oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Really bad. Yeah. It is absolutely bad. Jonesy haggles over barely corn. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be confused with barley corn. Right. Just barely corn. While Ben sees a truck with the Big Sky Farm sign on it, Ben doesn't know what he's doing. He's just standing around. I assume that Ben will start loading stuff once Jonesy does all of the haggling. Yeah, there's just nothing to buy. He just doesn't. He doesn't need to be there. I don't know. Before they leave, as Ben sees the Big Sky Farm sign... The little girl that he healed before from the other town. Yeah, played by a different actor entirely. What was the other town? Uh, It was also in Oklahoma, and Tipton is in Oklahoma. It's not too far-fetched to think that... One... Yeah, it's... All right, fine. There's very few, like, glaring flaws in the show. This is one of them. Yes. There's really no reason for that little girl to be in this town. No, it seems too far for now. But then, you know, the story needs to happen. Of course. So the little girl that he healed before identifies Ben as the healer. She's with her mother or grandmother and somebody. She's with an older lady. And she says, it's him. It's He's the guy who did this. And the woman just starts yelling that he is a miracle worker. He's a miracle man. And then the town starts swarming Ben now identified as the healer. And Jonesy's reaction to this is to be annoyed as hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just says, Hawkins, get in the truck. <laughs> he does pull up and just be like, get your ass in here. Look what you did. <laughs> he's not dismayed. He's not bewildered. He's just annoyed. Yes. Yes. In a nice juxtaposition, the poor migrants from Minton have a new place of worship. Justin and his congregation are having a great time at Chen's. Justin and Iris are trying to get everyone on key, but we know I don't want that. Okay. Yes. You are, you can't stand harmony. (laughs) I can't stand it in church. I want at least a couple people to be slightly off. It's more interesting that way. One of the things to note is Justin is preaching to the Chinese. Yes. Which I think is another one. I don't think it's just the migrants. I think. The townsfolk also don't like that he's catering to the Chinese. Well, of course they don't, because they're super racists. Yes. Like all white people in the... Where are they? Where is Tipton? 
is I was going to say in the South, well, but really in, in the entire United States. Well, they're not in Oh, Minton. They're in Minton. They're in Minton, Minton, California. That's right. Yes. Of course they don't, because why hate one group of people when you can hate multiple groups of people? Anybody that's different than me. Right. And I just, I mean, just in every way, economically, <laughs> racially. <laughs> yes. Justin preaches that people who God hates are better believers than the ones who don't have it as hard or oh, something like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you want to expand on yes. that? Yes. Also, paraphrasing. <laughs> because holy hell, not too much. Right. He says, who has more faith in God than those who have borne witness to his fury? And then he lists all of the bad things. The woman whose kids are all fucking dead. <laughs> What a grim thing to think. Yes, and everybody's loving it. They're eating it up. They're like, yes, yes, we are. We have real bad lives, and and so we believe in God the most. Yes, it's like it's a real version of Vin Diesel's cartoon speech in uh, Pitch Black. I don't uh, know that reference. I, of course, I believe in God. I absolutely believe in God, and I hate the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> be the right response right <laughs> like you're you have no shelter you have no food your children are dying you have to bury them in this rock hard ground it's yeah god it, hates you so you love god it's such a grim thing it's so horrifying and he's bringing them old-time religion and that's what they start chanting or sing songing yeah and in the the real world it's just people Taking more advantage of these people. Yes, absolutely. You know, we're in a fantasy land, though. So Justin is a believer. Yeah, but what he believes in. He's, he's a getting, higher power. He's getting a little megalomaniacal. But. Yes, as is as we witness when the congregation is leaving the church. Yes. Eleanor comes up and gives God credit when she shakes Justin's hand. She says, it's a miracle. And Justin says... It's not a miracle. It's just a lot of hard work. But, you know, I'm on his side with this. I am too. Honestly, I want to hear more people say that. Take credit for your hard work. Don't give it away. There's enough people who will want to take credit for your hard work. Take it yourself. Yeah. Although Justin does need to say a lot of hard work by not only myself, but also... (laughs) Probably not me at all. A lot of other people. I bet Iris did all the organizing. Oh my God. Iris did all of the work. Iris does the labor in this relationship. I don't think about that. I think she organized the people who did the work. Oh, no. I meant the emotional labor. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Some council members show up and want a nickel tour. So they must have been hanging out. In, I don't know if they were hanging out the whole time or if they showed up at the end of service. I don't remember. I just know that they show up in the procession line. But it's not just some Oh, that's right. It's Val, Val Templeton and it's, the skinny guy. It's Police Academy 5 and Otho from Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. Well, that's how I refer to them in my notes. <laughs> okay. Well, good for anybody who understands that. Uh, so <laughs> they they leave and Ira says, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> she think she was into somebody? <laughs> no, I think she knows that they're there to start problems. Oh, okay. Jonesy arrives back at the carnival and says, calls out to Samson that Ben was just being called Jesus. You won't know, you won't believe what your rube did. I think he said, there's something weird about this rube. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Samson isn't interested because the carnival has, has been kicked out. But Jonesy has an idea. What exactly did he say? He said we can't do a carnival? <laughs> Before but- that. And then he just looks at Ben and then end of scene. This whole scene, you pointed out how whiny Samson is. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Really interested in that right now. He said we can't do a car. He said we had to leave. (laughs) We can't do a carnival. It's the only time we've seen Samson be flustered about anything. Yeah. (laughs) I love I loved your take. He's just like, why are you bothering me right now? <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> I have problems. <laughs> which means you all have problems. Uh, which is a great juxtaposition to what he does next. Yes. Yes, it is. So Samson stages a faith healing revival in order to circumvent Donovan's edict. 
Samson plays the organized religion game and talks to the reverend, spinning a cute tale and promising 50% to this guy's church. I don't know what church it is, but it's not the Catholic church. It's the only church in town that's not the Catholic church. Yes. There's a Catholic church down the road, but Samson says, why don't we let the Catholics take care of the Catholics? Except he says, the Catholics. Yeah, he does. (laughs) After gaining the support of Tipton's reverend, the only church in town that isn't the Catholic church. (laughs) So the only real church in town. We get a great shot of Stumpy's born-again speech. His daughters are dressed up, collecting coins and plates, looking very respectable. Oh my god. Libby and Orme are killing me in this scene. (laughs) Looking so respectable and acting so polite to everybody. Yes. It's real quick. It's like two seconds of them. But it's incredible. They are regular church-going ladies. Yeah. And Stumpy's speech, I think it's here where he says that he's fresh off of a triumphant tour of Bethlehem, Jerusalem, and the Holy Land. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and the Holy Land? Okay. Samson is confronted by Lyle, who uses, because Lyle is pissed that they haven't left and obviously are bringing people in and getting money. Because you have to pass the plate for church. And Samson uses the great freedom of religion bullshit we're all being persecuted under today. (laughs) It's a great comparison between what's happening in Tipton and Minton. The poor folks are being taken by religion. Lila is dressing Ben, putting product in his hair, faced away from the mirror. Yes. She's fixing him up. Ruthie, Gabriel, and Samson walk in. Samson asked, who dressed him? Was it loads? Loads, wasn't (laughs) it? That's what it it was, yeah. It was real pointed. (laughs) It was loads, wasn't it? Because everybody's freaked out. Yes. Ruthie's stopped dead in her tracks. Yes. Ben doesn't know this yet, but he is styled exactly like the gentleman geek. And that's when Ruthie says, it's like seeing a ghost. And Samson shoes her out. He's like, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Because Ben doesn't know what's going on. Right. And he says he feels... Stupid or something like that. And that's when Samson goes into, no, no, you look like Valentino. He looks like <laughs> Valentino, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, Ben is super high strung, which is his number one characteristic. He says he's not going to do it. Samson's like, it's just the butterflies. He's like, no, I look stupid. But Gabriel puts, lightly puts a hand on Ben's <laughs> chest as he tries to storm out. And Samson says, it's not an option. <laughs> so good. Next, we get the opening. Stumpy's speech is incredible. My favorite line is the opening line. This is the Traveling St. John Crusade and Revival. (laughs) And his name is Brother Lazarus Dubois. I love it. He's pulling any word that is tangential to religion that he's ever heard and putting it into what he's saying, which is great. And I always love these stories, these born again stories, because they're kind of always humble bragging about how much sinning they've done and it kind of makes you a little jealous because you're like, I haven't lived this cool of a life. I was a badass. (laughs) Yes. I had sex with every woman I wanted to. No man could beat me in a fight. I I was rich. Yes, I had all the money and the clothes and the attention that anyone could ever have wanted ever. And it was wrong. You guys would have been so jealous of me. (laughs) And that would have been bad. Yes. It's so good. As he ends it, his story for introducing Ben is that he was struck down and Ben brought him back by lightning because he was a lightning rod salesman. Yes. Beautiful. Which is great, which is how he turned his sinning right around. Samson sits behind Lila and Lodes, who are seated in the back of the tent. (laughs) Samson says, what does he say? How does he put it? I can't believe he... You put him in that getup or something like that? Something like that. And Lodes cracks up. Is he wearing it? (laughs) Is he wearing it? Is he wearing the tuxedo? (laughs) You know damn good and well he is. Lodes looks so pleased with himself. He is so pleased. This is the happiest he's been in years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Since before St. Louis. Yes. <laughs> Gabriel looks dapper in his gray suit. I don't know if you noticed, but he's notably blocking one of the exits <laughs> from sense. the stage. 
Ben is just sweating bullets in his tuxedo on the little seat that he's seated on. Yeah, Samson told him to sit there and look cryptic, as if Ben Hawkins could do anything else. (laughs) Yes. Stumpy calls for healing. People wanting healing. He does his whole, his whole stumping. He calls for a woman in the back in a wheelchair. It looks grim. She so she does. Slumped over. She, she looks very frail. All hidden in a blanket. Yes. Gabriel brings her and the chair to the stage, just carries them both up. She says she has stomach cancer and it's in her spine. It's eating away at the bones and it keeps her legs from working. Ben is absolutely freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> Finally... After too long of a pause, when Ben does nothing at all and all of the talking has stopped, <laughs> Ruthie peeks out and kind of winks at him. And he's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's my favorite woman in the entire world. Mommy. <laughs> I even wrote, because she had to reveal her face because Ben is a big dummy and can't tell it's Ruthie. <laughs> As Stumpy leads the crowd in a chant. <laughs> The best chant I have ever heard. Jesus. 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 I have so much to say about this chant. Go for it. Some of the extras are going so hard. (laughs) One guy's shaking his face as he's chanting. One lady's about to cry. (laughs) The guy who's shaking his face like that in the very first scene in the tent just spikes the camera. Just look directly into the camera. (laughs) Oh, I missed it. And of course, our favorites, Lila's chanting, Jesus, like she's in ecstasy. (laughs) Yes, she is. And the whole crowd has Samson blown away because he's chanting, Jesus. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Jesus. He thought it was going to be a hit. He was pretty sure it was going to be a hit. He didn't realize it was going to bring the tent down on them. Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) It's so good. So good. The face acting here is so great. Uh, I love Lila. Yes. <laughs> Lila's, I mean, everybody. Everybody. Every character is such a good character. Yeah. So Ben finally touches Ruthie in her chair and she performs. Yes. The crowd goes wild. He puts his hands, does he put them on her knees or something? Yeah, he's barely touching her, but Stumpy's doing his job and he's like, get this Satan's black cancer out of this woman, Jesus. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Ruthie sits up straight because she's been hunched over in her chair and goes rigid and everything gets quiet again. It's so good. You have the rise and fall. It's a huge performance. It's amazing. And Ben just sits there and he's like, I don't don't know what to do. (laughs) So Gabriel uh, moves the chair towards Stumpy, face Stumpy. So there's a clear line because we're all... We're all aware Ben can't act. (laughs) He's so... Just be cryptic. That's literally it. And so Ruthie stands up and takes her first steps in probably minutes. (laughs) (laughs) It's all very good. And honestly, it's exactly what revivals are. So no hard feelings. (laughs) Yep. Sure. Oh, also very important because this will come up later. Ben... Or what is his stage name? Whatever it is. Benjamin St. John. That's it. Benjamin St. John can only heal one person a night. He is, after all, a human being. Yes. With a a man's constitution. Yes. And if he does more than that, more healing than that, it might kill him. Might prove fatal. Might prove fatal. That's right. It was a better, I knew it was a better turn of phrase. Might prove fatal. We get another dream sequence. It's the diner song with the terrible lyrics. I don't mind the song. I just don't like, I don't like the, uh... I'd rather be lonely than happy with somebody else. Yeah. Like, move on. I understand the sentiment. I don't. I think it's, move on. Grieve and move on. Okay. Grief, my favorite emotion. Yes. (laughs) Ben wakes up and Samson announces that due to the incredible success of the revival show... They now have fresh eggs, bacon, and orange juice. Being excited about eggs 
Is this 1934, <laughs> 2023? Hey! I was pretty excited when I walked by a table at the regatta, which, believe me, sounds more exciting than it... More fancy than it really is. I don't want to say more exciting, because it is, it is exciting. <laughs> I walked by a table, and there were six packets of 18 eggs. Oh, and I was wow. like, what is this? The rich school? Was it? <laughs> I didn't recognize was them. Balin Jesuit? Oh my god. Kicked everyone's ass. Good job, guys. Yes. And uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> and the morale. They just, everybody got up and yelled for their their folks. That was really cool. Yeah, they're a, they're a good team and they all support each other. It's very nice. Yeah, without being negative to the other teams. It was, I didn't hear any shit talking. Yeah. It's very cool. Good job. Uh, would lose to you guys anytime. <laughs> <laughs> anytime we're in a regatta with you. All the Balin Jesuit crew people who are listening to this right now. <laughs> Hi. The Rousties have been at their table this time, which is new, because normally he's sitting off by himself. Mm-hmm. Jonesy is even being familial with him or friendly with him and sends Ben off to get more orange juice for the for the boys. Yeah, they're all giving him pats on the back and stuff, but my favorite is the one guy who kind of thugged him on the top of the head. Yes. <laughs> that that's real familiar right there. That's like That's like an uncle move. Yeah, that's like a we're good. I like you. Yeah. Yeah. While he's getting a refill, Sophie walks by and he asks Sophie about her mom. They kind of have a little bit of an interaction and it's They're basically apologizing to each other without apologizing, without saying I'm sorry. Sophie says Apollonia isn't great, but at least she's talking. Oh, one of the familial things that people do to him, like give him pats on the back and stuff, is uh, Ruthie comes up and kind of puts an arm around him from behind, like in the front. And it's, yeah, uh, it's not going to help Ben's mommy fetish. No, but it is just a normal familial hug. (laughs) It's a mommy hug. <laughs> you know what? Oh my god, it is a mommy hug. I would totally hug somebody like that. I'd be like, good job, kid. <laughs> <laughs> you hug the right, per- the wrong person like that. Look, they're gonna get finished. Well, that's not on me. I didn't say what. Stop making this my fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault or Ruthie's fault. I am not trying to denigrate Ruthie here. No, Ruthie's great. Ruthie's amazing. I love Ruthie. I would love a a half hug as she went by. I would be like, I did good. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Ben says that he has something he needs to do in town to Samson. And because he's the meal ticket now, he's the headliner, Samson gives him access to the car. This is, in case you've forgotten because so much has happened already, he wants to go investigate Big Sky Farms. See what he can see. Yep. He goes into town and asks somebody, is somebody outside the market, about it. Some guy who's just there loading something up. Yeah. And it's apparent that, I mean, it's a small town, so people know everybody's business. The truck used to belong to a woman in town, but she had to sell it in an auction. And so the guy that he saw was no longer associated with the original Big Sky Farms from the picture. And even, I don't think Mrs. Donovan was also associated with Big Sky Farms. I think she acquired it somewhere else as well. I think that's right. Yeah, there's a line that he kind of follows. Uh, the guy does tell him where her house is. He's like, she's in that big house. You can't miss it. He's like, where is this big house? Super cool to <laughs> telling strange men how to find women who live mostly alone. <laughs> oh, you need to listen to the pastimes with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. The newspapers would just print everybody's address. Oh, I know. I know from the TikTok guy uh, because they had everybody's name and address whenever they submitted a recipe. Oh, that's crazy. It's nuts. It's, it'd be a, Stop it. It'd be a story of this widow had her home broken into. Here's the address. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's nuts. What is the TikToker's name? Dylan Hollis. That's right. He's great. When Ben gets back to the carnival or the revival location, there's a backup and he asks a woman if there's been a wreck. And she, what, oh my God, what is the word that she says? Oh, damn it. I didn't write it down. Oh, she says that there's a healer up there. Heard. Heard. That's it. All of the folks are backed up because of the revival show. That's right. She says there's a healer up there. That's what she. Healed some woman last night. I heard. That's it. Love it. As he walks toward the carnival, a woman with a sandwich board sign recognizes him. Did you catch what the board said? It had a lot of words. It did. 
Uh, ben is swarmed and Gabe ends up carrying him off. As he's being swarmed, people are just kind of vaguely yelling for help. I would have loved one guy to just be like, I've got a hangnail! <laughs> I stubbed my toe! <laughs> I've been grown hair. <laughs> it's it's really bothering me. It's, it doesn't really hurt as much as it's just really uncomfortable. <laughs> Back at Chins, now the migrant church, the council members, Munson and Templeton. Oh, I did write his name down. The skinny guy and the fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> Police, Police Academy 5 and Otho. That's it. Are getting their dime tour. Though, you know, they used to be regulars here. They're seeing what's been done to the place uh, they used to frequent. Is that what you think? Yes. Oh, I see. Do you have a different? No, I think you're done. <laughs> okay. I was like, did you come up with something else? No, no, no. <laughs> well, because uh, Val is Carol's yes. uh, cousin or uncle. Uncle, yes. Justin is showing them the boys' dorm, which is almost complete. The girls' dorm across the hall is already complete. Good for them. Yeah, they're working fast. Yeah. I have no idea how much time has passed. Yeah, but we I don't have lower much. thirds. We do not. Justin calls Iris over to introduce her. She's wearing one of those designs that grown women had to wear that make them look like shapeless dolls. <laughs> and she asks if Carol Templeton was the other Templeton's cousin. No, it was his nephew. Which I nephew. <laughs> which I think is a way of being like, you look too young to be it, his uncle. Yes, yeah, she was trying to do a little flattery, but I think Val caught on to it. Or that's just his voice. He's a nephew. Yeah. (laughs) She gives her condolences anyway. This awful Templeton says he wishes Justin would have come to them first. When Justin says, you know what? He he wishes he had, but he would love their support in the future. Thanks. Thanks for offering. Now, do you think he's being naive? No. No. You you think he's... Okay. Yeah. I think he's doing exactly what he did to the other Templeton. Ah, I see. Yes, I was also thinking that the church was getting overcrowded and the migrants needed their own church. (laughs) I agree with you, sir. (laughs) Is that right? Give me your building. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I read it. I read he was handling this Templeton the same way he handled the other Templeton. I think he's still a little bit naive just at the beginning. He's he's giving everybody the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. Mm. He catches on quick. He does. But okay. I think at the beginning here, he's giving them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I can see it being read both ways. I, think, I just assume because he's like, well, this is obviously a Templeton, so this dude sucks. <laughs> Iris, obviously. No, Iris is aware. Iris is sharp. <laughs> Iris is on guard always. Yes. But I think Justin is still... You know, a good Christian boy. And he's still giving people the benefit of the doubt at the beginning. Mm, okay. He's not super naive because he catches on fast. But, yeah. But I think at the beginning here. All right. The other guy, Munson, speaks up and says, oh, no, 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 no. Not exactly that. It's all stupid politics. The guy, Munson, tells Justin and Iris that there was a planned demo for the whole block. They're so sorry. Since 31. Yeah. Then the crash happened. Yep. But then I tell you we're going to bounce back. Yep. It's a lot. It's just a lot of banter. Everybody's trying to get one up on the other person because Munson and Templeton are the type of men who get their way. Yeah. Val drops the charade. Yes, he does. They offer Justin a rundown place outside of town in exchange for this cracker box. Justin says, no, no, this is the right place. This is exactly where he's supposed to be. I think we're good here. Yeah. Appreciate the offer. Templeton drops the facade at this point and threatens Justin, which will turn out fine, I'm sure. (laughs) Right? Yeah. They do a lot to downplay the value of this building as if we don't all know everybody involved. This was a highly successful business. Right. Two weeks ago or whatever. Right. Yes. We're all pretending we didn't know what this was before. Justin walks out because he can't keep his cool. Just sweating. But I think everybody's sweating. Iris rushes out after him, trying to calm the situation. She even says, maybe we should consider it. I don't know. No, God told me this building. Yes. very clear. She keeps trying to get this situation under control, and Justin yells, no! And as he does, the older Templeton starts to choke. He's led out by his dumb cronies. Iris starts to realize there's a connection. 
And Justin's looking angry, which is not very Christian of him. No, but it's probably the hottest her brother has looked to her for a while. Uh, oh. <laughs> Next, we're back at the carnival. Sophie tends to Apollonia. Apollonia says he needs her. He uh, he being Ben. Ben needs her. And she's like, what are you talking about? Ben's fine. <laughs> Look at everything that's happening. It's, he's totally fine. So And Sophie's not terribly thrilled about it, but Ben shows up immediately asking for help. Sophie gives him a disguise, which is a blanket, and tells him to sneak out into the truck. She'll get the keys because he needs to go to town. She ends up driving him to the house. When they arrive, we see that it's a big house. It does need a paint job and a good porch sweeping, but it seems to be standing. It's got good bones. Yes. Ben knocks on the door and asks to see Miss Donovan. At first, he's told she's indisposed. By Mac from Night Court. Yes. But then Mac from Night Court recognizes him (laughs) and says, oh, you're the healer, right? Yeah. The healer? You're the miracle man. I can't remember if he says healer. I think he says miracle man. Okay. And lets him inside. She's been expecting you. They all go into Miss Donovan's room. She is coughing, hacking in bed, obviously not doing well. Sophie is dismissed politely, along with Mac from Night Court. Night Court. They're off to the kitchen to get cold lemonade. You know what? That sounds nice. It does, actually. Everybody's sweating. It seems like a good, good thing. And there's dust everywhere. Ben shows Becca Donovan the pictures. She knows Scudder. They were lovers at one time. And she knew about Flora. They was thick as thieves. That's right. Becca also tells him the rules of the game. To a take little a, bit. Take a life to give a life. She also gives up the fact that Scudder is sending these dreams. Yes. Which is an interesting note. Because Scudder's dead. Also, I don't think I caught that the other four times I watched this show. Yeah, she does say that... His daddy had the gift slash curse. Yeah. It's and both. Yes. And uh, she recognizes who Ben is because Ben has his eyes, which is always a funny thing that people say. And I'm like, really? There's like seven types of eyes. <laughs> I can't look at twins and be like, you're obviously related. So I wouldn't be able to look at somebody's <laughs> eyes and compare them to someone I haven't seen for 20 years and be like, same eyes. Oh, you guys are related? Oh. <laughs> Regardless, Becca knows about the dreams. Oh, yes. And like you said, she shares that they are being sent to him. So the dream that I kind of passed over before was a, it was several years earlier, decades earlier, when, uh, when Scudder was breaking up with Becca. Wordlessly. It's not not a dialogue heavy show. (laughs) No. He was doing that coin thing, that coin juggling in your fist, which is cool unless you think that's part of your charm. Thing. Yeah. It's then, my thing. Yeah. Then it's kind of like, oh, no, <laughs> don't do that. Be able to do it. That's cool. Don't make it part of your personality. <laughs> <laughs> one of your five things. And you know, yes, one of your five things. And you know what? We actually don't know if he was breaking up with her or she was breaking up with him because there was no dialogue. It's true. They were obviously... No longer going to be seeing each other. They were no longer thick as thieves. They were now thin as co-workers. Law-abiding citizens. <laughs> yes, thin as law-abiding citizens. That's how they say it. <laughs> I also note that if Ben hasn't figured this rule out already, I swear. He did not look at that field when he healed that little girl. No, he didn't. But he also lives in the middle of a dirt. Right, so he doesn't see what's dying when he does stuff. Right, but don't you think that it probably wasn't dirt? It looked pretty dirty when he brought the kitten back. That's true. We didn't see a whole lot. We didn't Hmm. see the outside. Yeah. That was also before they figured out how to do the dirt, so everything was extra dirty. It's true. Did we mention that about the commentary? No, I thought they... No. So in the first episode, when we were listening to the commentary track... They hadn't quite figured out how to get the dust and the dirt around. So they were basically just all eating dirt all day (laughs) long, all day, every day. By the second episode, it looks like they've figured it out. And by this episode, things are dusty and dirty, but it doesn't look like there are giant fans right out of frame with people just (laughs) opening bags of dirt in front of them. They figured it out, (laughs) which must have made shooting so much nicer. (laughs) Lyle shows up and bodily throws Ben out. Get out of here! Because... I know what you're selling. 
because Becca is his mom. Sophie drives them back and asks questions that Ben refuses to answer. She also gives him a lot of options. She's like, who was that lady? Was it your long lost cousin, your aunt, your second cousin twice removed, your grandmother? She gives him enough answers for him to lie to her again. (laughs) And when he finally selects one of them, she's like, you're fucking liar. Stop it. (laughs) He continues to refuse to tell her the truth. So she kicks him out of the car. And he gets out and just stands in the road. So she revs the engine and drives toward him. So he has to jump off the road, which is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Not if you're Ben Hawkins. (laughs) Nothing's hilarious if you're Ben Hawkins. When do you think the last time he actually laughed was? I don't know. But if you're Ben Hawkins, you say, you crazy damn bitch. And as he yells that. She hits the brakes and skids the car like six feet. And he goes, that's not going to be my new catchphrase, apparently. No. And then she backs up and she says, what'd you call me? And he actually owns up to it. And he says, I called you a crazy bitch. And she says, get in. (laughs) (laughs) Which I love because it's the first real thing that he's said to her face. Uh, he said some real things that were just very mean. Okay, it's the it's the first real thing that he's owned up to about himself, as opposed to just judging her or her mother or the people <laughs> that she's lived with and grown up with her whole life. <laughs> but he refuses to get in. He walks away. He walks across to the hill. He walks 15 feet away and sits in the dirt. Near some things that the truck can't run into. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's great. So... Sophie turns the car off, and they're in for however long this standoff is going to be. It's great. Later that evening, Samson is waiting for Ben to return, and Jonesy says no one's seen him since the last performance, because that's when he dipped out. And obviously, it's time for the evening performance, and there's been no Ben Hawkins. Since he hasn't arrived yet, they do have a standby, because Samson's not about to let this go by. So he has Lila dress up the Schmidt. Schmidt. Get Schmidt ready. The first step in getting Schmidt ready for Lila, put on a scarf. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone has their process. I loved it. (laughs) We cut back to Sophie and Ben in their weird little standoff. Night has fallen. Eventually, Sophie asks if she can have a cigarette because Ben's just probably been sitting there smoking however many cigarettes he has. And Ben replies, can I drive? So they make up. It's nice. It is. It's good for them. It is. Back in getting Schmidt ready, Jonesy says, do you think they'll buy it? Yes. And Samson says, these birds, they'll buy anything. Yep. Oh, we run a clean operation here, huh? Is that right? This is what revivals are. They'll buy anything. Just saying. You're wondering why I was a a little uh, empathetic with the sheriff not wanting them in town. Trying to fleece the, the would, already poor people. Would you have had a problem if it was an actual revival? Well, yeah. That's still trying to fleece people. I agree. But I don't think the sheriff would have. I think the sheriff got backed into a corner by the local priest. Well. Or the local reverend. I mean, how often does that not happen? Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money. Money talks. Yep. Back at the revival with the stand-in, Ben. Dora May comes up after they do the whole call and... And response thing with the bloodiest of legs. She says, I got runned over by a thresher just now? (laughs) What the hell? So they're going to heal her. It's all going fine. Everyone is, is ready for this to happen. No one has recognized that this isn't the same guy from last night. Probably because no one can afford to go twice. Ooh, yeah. That's a good point. Because you got to pay whatever you got to pay to get in. It's all going fine until the sheriff walks in, carrying his mother. Cops are always looking out for themselves. Or their moms. Eh, He wasn't going to allow any of this, but he's become a believer. Because honestly, it's the draw of religion. Hope. Yeah. You get desperate enough, you'll believe anything. Whether it's false or not, it's still hope. And he has run out of other ideas. So (laughs) this poor young woman who's been... Runned over by a thresher. <laughs> no one cares about anymore. Heal her tomorrow. <laughs> She's bleeding right now. He demands the healer heal his ailing mother instead of the thrasher victim. But he also knows that the healer stand in 
Schmidt, apparently I didn't write his name down anywhere, isn't the healer they've been sold. Fortunately, as he's yelling about this, Ben shows up. So Ben is there, saves the moment. Becca Donovan is laid down in the dirt, half up the wooden stairs. Like with her head up on one of the steps. Yeah. And Ben leans down because she had started telling him about the rules before Lyle kicked him out before. And he says, I basically I wanna I wanna help you, but I don't want to hurt anybody now that you've told me that yeah, but, it's a life for a life. Yeah, but he needs to heal her in order to teach him the rest of the rules. Yes. So he's got a personal stake in healing her. Yes. The cop is telling him to heal her. Yep. But he looks around and first you see him looking at like a little girl and then somebody else. But then he looks at Sophie. That's right. He does tell Lyle to get back because he's, it's like he's decided he's going to do it. But I think that's when he takes a look around. Yeah. Because you don't know who is going to die. And he doesn't know if it's proximity. Right. He's like, I don't know what the rules are, lady. Tell me the rest of the rules. Lyle interrupted us. I could have known more, maybe. But he goes to do it. He goes to put his hands on her and loads, stands up. It's like he can feel it about to happen. Yes. That's That's a good point. And he's so excited. He is. Loads is having... It's the the best day of his life. The time of his life. He is, this is the best thing that's ever happened to him. (laughs) But that's when Becca Donovan says, don't do it. And so Ben stops and she says, don't, I don't, I don't want this. And so he has to stop and say, you heard that, right? She doesn't want it. And so he doesn't end up healing her and she dies. And it is so intense. So much is happening. And it's all, it all takes place in like, 120 seconds yeah it's a lot so then of course lyle's upset because his mother's dead fair ben is a bit upset because now he's never going to know the rest of the rules as far as he's concerned he's got to find another library (laughs) yes and oh one thing that becca did say before she died was that she he asks about scudder and she informs him that scudder was in babylon after he was with her. And that's the last thing that she tells him. So now we've got a clue. Yes. So, I don't know. I don't know what you do if you're in that crowd. I mean, you can't then demand that he heal somebody else. Yeah. Because... Somebody just died. I think the show's over. There's a dead body now. Yeah. You gotta go. Yep. <laughs> we just watched a person die. You gotta be done. I'm going home. I'm going to bed and thinking about things. <laughs> just, it just cuts to everybody. It's a montage of everybody just laying in bed, staring at the ceiling. <laughs> Later that night, Samson demands to know what Ben would have done if she hadn't stopped him. You were about to put your hands on that woman. What would you have done if she hadn't stopped you? Ben doesn't answer. No. And Samson realizes he doesn't want the answer right now. So he moves oh. on and says... That's right. You have latrine duty. No more headlining for you. There is a beat. That is an interesting read on that. I, there was a moment where Samson was like, I might watch that when we're done recording because that's that's a real interesting read. That's how I read it. Because there's there seems to be this spark of, <laughs> don't say it out loud. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. That changes my note because my, my note is, I think Samson's anger is a little misplaced here. But with your read on it, huh, okay. So at the end of this, Ben has latrine duty for the foreseeable future and will never be a headliner. Ben says, I didn't I didn't ask for this. And Samson's like, good, because you're never going to get it. You have to earn <laughs> it. And even then you might not ever get it again. Because I think Samson's wheels are turning fast now. Huh. There's another comparison that you may have already picked up on, but this, so... Samson steps back and he says, like, we're hit the road, children, or something like that. Between Norman and Samson, they both refer to their charges as children. We have Norman saying little girl a bunch, and uh-huh. we have Samson calling everybody children. Shake some dust, children. That's what it is. Shake some dust. As they're leaving, so we get the scene. I love the scenes where Samson and Jonesy are in the car. Uh-huh. I always love them. They got a good rapport. They do. Jonesy asks, where where are we going? Samson gives directions. He's like, take 65 to 27 and head south toward whatever. Jonesy says, 
damn, that'll take us mighty close to Babylon, which Samson replies, no, that'll take us to Babylon. Now we are thinking, oh, Babylon sounds ominous. Yes. Yikes. And so what does Jonesy say? Something about Jesus Christ. On a bicycle. And (laughs) Samson says, on a bicycle, and that is the final line. Ooh. A lot happened here. So much happened. It was brutal. Maybe there was something that all of these people could do. (laughs) Some way to like help process it. I got an idea. Okay. Maybe they could listen to a song. Maybe they could listen to a song of the emotional hardcore genre. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I have one. Much like last episode, I pulled a paragraph a write-up of why i chose this song that i really enjoyed so the song is by fuel not the fuel you're thinking of a different fuel called q to you from 1990 so a writer named david anthony not dave anthony that you referenced (laughs) earlier wild coincidence (laughs) yes (laughs) said anyone who thinks emo isn't political has clearly never listened to fuel not to be confused with the alt-rock band of the same name Fuel was a Bay Area act that bore a striking resemblance to Fugazi, which led to many kids jokingly calling them Fuelgazi. (laughs) In many ways, Fuel set the blueprint for bands like Hot Water Music, with dueling guitars and call-and-response vocal patterns creating a kinetic energy that was messy, urgent, and informed all at once. Vocalist Sarah Kirsch, who fronted many great hardcore bands until her death in 2012, gave Fuel a distinctly activist outlook, singing about dehumanization, the weight of institutional racism, and the monolith of religion in ways that felt deeply personal. See why I picked this one for this episode? Q2U is not only one of the best songs on the band's lone album, Monuments to Excess, But it highlights the moment when hardcore ethics were expanding into new scenes. As probably the only emo song to have a Gandhi quote inserted into the lyrics, (laughs) Q2U is a living reminder that emo and hardcore weren't at odds, but instead were simply two different paths that, when traced back, led to the same place. Which is another point that I've been making in both, in this whole episode, is how both of the Uh storylines are leading to... The same place. Yes. And there's a reason I called it emotional hardcore at the beginning of this bit. That's the full name of emo music. (laughs) Emo is a genre of hardcore music. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that... It's nice that this music writer knew that. What a a wild coincidence that that's what I called it for this episode. That is. That is. Because you don't know what I'm going to pull. Right. Yep. Fun. Yeah. The Rotating Cast Files is produced by Kristen Riley and Dave Reed edited by Dave Reed. Thanks for being here. And if you enjoyed the episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Please go to Apple Podcasts and give us five stars. Tell us that we are fighting the righteous battle in podcasting good and evil. That old-time religion. That old-time podcast religion. Or even easier, tell people about us. It really helps us out. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at CastFiles. We also auto-post to YouTube if that's your streaming service of choice or if you like closed captions. And finally, email us at therotatingcastfiles at gmail.com. Thank you.